All right. Are you ready for God's word? All right. I'm going to talk to you about some sure things. Someone say sure things. Sure things about the spirit. Now, here, listen to the language. The spirit baptized life. I'm talking about what happens as a lifestyle of being filled with the Holy Ghost. It's great to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, and I'm going to talk about that as well. I'll mention that as one of the points that I'm going to make. But here's what I largely want to tell you, that it's not enough to get something. You need to know how it is applied throughout your life. And if the outpouring of the Holy Spirit is an experience for you, if, if it is an historical moment in your life, then you may never understand or see the fruit of the majority of what I'm talking about in this message. Because the idea of receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost is not to say, I got it, I did it, it happened to me. The point of receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit it is to bring transformation in your life. And that happens not just through an experience, but it happens through process, through living out or applying, utilizing those things that God has done within you. And I don't know where you're at in life, but I'll tell you a little bit about my personality, and that is that I like a sure thing. I like a sure thing. I know not everybody's personality leans toward that. Some people like the unusual, odd, weird, and spectacular. All right? And I can't say I have no enjoyment in that, but I like a sure thing. Now, when it comes to the to when it comes to Christian theory, excuse me, I have and I understand a lot of books are sold that way, you know, stuff that it just kind of like tickles your fancy, but uh, I find zero interest in that. Uh, I, I was uh, I was, when I was living in Dallas, which wasn't long ago, uh, I had an opportunity, uh, my day off was usually Friday. I normally preach Sunday through Wednesday crusades. And I found out that there was an event going on in Dallas and a speaker that I knew of, but I wanted to hear him in this setting and he would be preaching. So I went there, my son-in-law and I both went to that event, downtown Dallas, to hear him speak. The pastor of the church got up and announced what he would be preaching on Sunday morning. He said, Sunday morning, I'm going to be preaching here, and here's was his subject. Are you ready for this one here? Now, you're going to think I'm pulling your leg, but I'm not. This is exactly what he said, and he was as serious as a heart attack. He said, I am going to be preaching on, are there demon city bases on the dark side of the moon? Yeah, exactly. You, you do understand that uh, that we only see one side of the moon. With the rotation of the earth and the rotation of the moon, we actually only, from earth, we only see one side. We've not, uh, and the only way we saw the other side was when we finally put satellites around it and astronauts took photos. We've never seen the other side. And his message was going to be, are there demon city bases on the dark side of the moon? And I'll bet there were people that just poured out to hear that. Now, I, you know, okay, there you go. I'm going back to my title. I'm talking about sure things. <laughs> I kind of like, I kind of like a sure thing. Do you? So, so sure things. Let me give you three or four tonight. Uh, sure things about the spirit baptized life. The first one is found. These are the words of Jesus in Luke chapter 24 and verse 49. Luke 24 and verse 49. I'm going to read it, but I'll tell you in essence what it says. Here's a sure thing about the spirit baptized life, and that is that you shall receive power. You shall receive, someone shout power. He says, and behold, I send the promise of my father upon you, but Tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you have been endued, another rendering says clothed, with power from on high. Power from on high. Here's one I'm going to ask. Why should we be satisfied with natural power, natural skill, natural methods, natural ways, when we have available to us power from on high. You'll, you know, if you've been around at all, that many churches today build their whole church on style, on strategies, on methods, on neat ideas. They often, if they know what they're doing, and they're not doing a bad thing, but if they know what they're doing, they know how to attract the crowd, they know how to how, how to do things for people that connect with them and so on. And 
surely we don't want to repel the crowd and or, or, or do things that mean nothing to people. But sometimes in the end of it, that's all they've got because what they've done is what they can do. They've done their very best. But God's not looking for our very best. He's looking for his best. I'm looking for something that comes from on high. Now, years ago when Debbie and I used to do open-end crusades, does anyone know what an open-end crusade is? That was uh, when I first started. The first 20 years of this ministry, all I did was open-end crusades. I didn't say open-air, I said open-end. That meant we would come to a church, and then we'd stay there until we felt like the revival was done. Most of our revivals went between three to four weeks long, and then several of them each year would go five, six, seven, eight, nine, and as much as ten weeks that we would stay in a city and continue on like that. Uh, and during those days, I was preaching a crusade in the northern part of Florida. It was actually one of our first meetings to be in Florida at all, and it was at one of our fellowship's churches, one of the AG churches that were there. Uh, if you don't know where you're at, you're in an Assembly of God church. Oh, I just saw three people look at him and say, oh, my God, no. That's the truth. You are too late. You're already in, and we have locked the door. Uh, but uh, but anyhow, we were doing this crusade, and it would go for some four weeks at that church. And, uh, and, there were, and, and there were literally hundreds of people. They would seat 500 people, and we had people coming in in the overflow. And so because of that and the, and the uh, impact of that, the news had gotten down to the, uh, the, the district office in central Florida about what was happening. So they sent one of the district people up there to check out this young couple that had come into their area and was preaching this revival. Now, due to the length of the services, and we in those days we laid hands on everyone for healing. They didn't get healed in the audience. We'd pray for them one by one. And honestly, the prayer lines would literally go every night beyond 11 o'clock at night, sometimes up to midnight. So, And this was quite a drive from where this city was to the district office. So the gentleman came on in. He took in the service, watched a while, maybe an hour or so of the prayer line, and then he had to get on back down to town. I never got to meet him, uh, but I heard the report that he gave. Because the report was delivered back to me. When he got back to the office, he, he said this. They said, well, what was it like? He said, well, he said, I'll tell you. He said, the guy's wife got, got up and sang. He said, and she had a nice voice, and she did a nice job. And, and then he got up and preached. And, and he said, he was, you know, he was a good preacher. He was a good preacher. He said, but my God, what happened in that place was way beyond them. Yeah, he's, I mean, when he got through preaching, he said, people came even from overflows to get saved and all kinds of miracles. He said, you know what? He said, tell you the truth. He said, the guy was good, but he wasn't that good. And, and, and when the report was given to me, it was given to me by someone that thought that, that I should be, you know, like really offended at him. You know, like, can you believe what he said? And my response was, wow, praise God. No, really, I'm not trying to be humble about this. My immediate thought was, good night, that's it. That's the way it's supposed to be. That's the way it's supposed to be. We should, when, when we walk out of this house, let me tell you what should be said. We should say, well, you know, it's obvious they did well. And, and the guy that spoke, you know, he, you can see he studied, he prepared himself. That, he, 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 did a, he did as good as he could do. But my God, what happened in that house was way beyond their plagiary. I mean, how did that happen? And that's the testimony right there. Brother Tommy Reed, some of you might know know who he is, but he's a great man of God that built a huge mega church up in the New York area, which is unusual to be in that area of the country and have that. And he's and I he and I are very close friends and he's now eighty five years of age. And we had recently gone out to dinner together and when we were uh, as as we were leaving he turned around and he said something to me in the car. I, I was in the back seat, he was in the front and he said uh, he said, Dale, when you go to a crusade, exactly what are you expecting? Now, he didn't ask that question because he didn't know who I was. I've known him since I was a teenager. I preached in this church. I've stayed in his home. So this wasn't a matter of who's the dude in the back seat and tell me something about yourself. That wasn't it. He wanted to go a little deeper. He said, exactly what are you expecting? And I answered him. I said, that's a very simple answer, sir. Every time I come into a service, I'm expecting more than me. Did you hear what I said? I'm expecting more than me. So, oh, you're trying to be humble. Again, there is an expression of humility in that, but that's not 
really what I'm driving at. Listen, listen, I want to see something that I don't know how to do. I want to see something that goes beyond my experience. I want to see something that exceeds my faith. I, I, come on, you think God can only do what we believe, but he's the author and finisher of faith. Let me tell you, there are no limits with him. When you come into his presence, he can take you from whatever level of faith you're at and take you to another level. And there are times that you'll see him do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or even think. That's what he says he does. And so when I come into a room like this, I'm not just believing God for what I know. I'm not just believing God for what I prayed about. I'm not just believing God for what I know to be the function of the grace or gift or anointing that's within my life. I am always looking for something that's more than me. More than me. And thank God we've seen that too, haven't we? We've all seen that. Brother Tom and I, when we've ministered in Africa together, we've seen that. We talked again about the woman that was blind and got her sight and crippled and, and got her, her healing over there when you laid your hands on her. Now, let me tell you how it is with us, all right? Especially those of us that we are, we are credentialed. We'd like you to believe that when those great miracles happen that we just go, oh, yes, of course. We knew all about that. That's what we preach and believe. But let me be very straight with you. When I seen this summer, we had four people that were born deaf, mute, or mute. We saw a child brought to our stage and gave to Tanzania whose legs were crippled up underneath and couldn't straighten them out. And as soon as they handed the child to the stage, immediately the legs straightened right out. And this child, who never walked in 10 minutes, knew how to run. Now, I would like to tell you, well, that's what I do. That's where I'm at. I know that. But here's what really goes on within me when that happens. Oh, my God, did you see that? <laughs> it's the truth, man. That's the truth. Power from on high, beyond us, beyond this world. It is the result of the Spirit-baptized life. If you'll live full of the Holy Ghost. Oh, look, I hope you didn't misunderstand me. You'll, your faith will go higher. You'll be bolder to believe and receive things that you expect. But I'm going to tell you something else. There's going to be stuff that will go on in your life that's going to blow your mind. Drop your jaw and surprise you and everybody around you. That is a result of living full of the Holy Ghost. It really is. Well, there's another thing that I'd like to point out that is a sure thing. Someone say a sure thing about the Spirit-baptized life, and that is that you will speak with new tongues. Jesus said in Mark 16, 70, by the way, so let me say it again, this is a sure thing. This is not just a Pentecostal look at it. This is not just an AG doctrine. Here it is. One of the sure things about the Spirit-filled life is that you're going to pray beyond yourself. Jesus said in Mark 16, 17, that the believer shall, and my name, the believer shall, and he starts listing stuff. He lists several things, actually, and I'm not going to talk of them all, but one of the things that's mentioned in this latter part of the 16th chapter of Mark, as he said, they shall, they shall, and I'm quoting it now, they shall speak with new tongues. All right? And, and, and tongues means languages, and the new means new to them. In other places it says other. That means other than what you know. In other words, there's going to open up to you the ability to, to communicate, to interact with God beyond your understanding. If you only pray in your own language, which isn't bad, it is fruitful. But if you do that, you also pray within the sphere of your understanding in your realm. But there are times that every one of us need to pray and we don't know how to pray. And I don't mean we don't know Bible, but we're dealing with issues of life that, quite frankly, words don't seem to fit. Have you been there? The hurt goes so deep or the, or, or the matter is so beyond us that we look at that and say, good God, how do I even pray about something like that? Thank God for the gift of the Holy Spirit. 
that opens to us the capacity and the ability to pray intelligently beyond our understanding. Praying, in fact, Romans tells us, with the very mind and understanding of the will of God. I'm going to tell you, I know the will of God from Scripture, but there are times I face matters in life that I quite, I, I just not, I'm just not too sure what to do. But I'm glad I know now what I can do. I can pray in the Holy Ghost. Acts 2 and verse 4. I'm talking about it's a sure thing about the Spirit-baptized life that you will pray in languages that you don't know. The writer says here, and they were all filled, I'm quoting Acts 2, 4, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them. Are you familiar with, with that verse? And they were all they were all filled. That tells me right up front, everybody can have it. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they began to do something. This was a beginning, not the end. Some people said that was a one-shot deal. It was just, no, no. This was not This was not a, a, a one-shot deal. It was the beginning. Uh, some people think that when they get this gift, they will have arrived. Well, I'm there now. No, you're just at the beginning. Anybody who becomes arrogant because they prayed in tongues is not just arrogant. They're ignorant because this is a beginning. This is, not, this is not an arrival moment, all right? So they began to speak with other tongues, all right? Again, we've already explained tongues means languages and other means what they knew or understood, all right? And, and they did this as the Spirit gave them utterance. By the way, do you see how it opened up? Let me explain to you. If you've never received the gift of the Holy Ghost, or if you have received but you don't know how to explain it to someone else, it's just not that difficult. Just walking through Acts 2-4 pretty much tells you how it works out. It really, it just tells you how it works out. And it shows us this, as I've already given you the outline, as we're, and we're just looking at what the text says, that any, anybody can get it. So don't let anyone tell you it's not for you, and don't let your own head tell you it's not for you. This is for you. They, they all got it. Everybody can get it, all right? They were all filled with the Holy Ghost, they, and they begin to do something. Notice who, they spoke with other tongues. But By the way, did you notice who did the speaking? Someone said, the Holy Ghost. No, no, that's not what the text says. The text indicates they did the speaking. Now wait, I'm talking about how do you share this with someone where they, where they understand, or if you've not yet received, you might think, well, good night, preacher. How in the world do I do this? And some people think that when, when you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost that you kind of have to go to another planet. Maybe the dark side of the moon. I don't know. But they, but they kind of feel like that, or you've got to have at least go into a trance or have an out-of-the-body experience, but that's not what the text indicates. The text indicates that they were cognizant of the fact that they were doing the speaking. So if you're ever going to speak in tongues, you got to do it. Wait a minute, let me say that again another way. If you're ever going to speak in tongues, you got to do it. He said, oh, preacher, how am I going to speak in a language I don't even know? Well, look at the rest of the verse. They spoke as the Spirit gave utterance. Now, utterance means something to say. Now, notice what the Spirit did. He didn't possess them like a demon take control of their tongue, their throat, their vocal cords. What he did, what he did, watch this, this goes deep now, are you ready? What he did was he gave them something to say, and then they said it. Now you need a theological degree to figure that out, don't you? Look at it, that's what happened. So how, how does this work? Very easy. He's going to give you something to say. And then here's your part. You've got to open your mouth and say it. With your lips, your tongue, your vocal cords, whatever thought he drops into your heart, if you'll open your mouth and worship him with it, you'll find that is the release and the flow of this communication gift. Is that simple enough? Do you get that? That's all it takes. That's all there. You, you don't have to have goosebumps, but it's nice when you get them. You know, you don't have to fall on the floor, but it's all right if you do. All right. If no one's behind you, please go down on your knees first and then go down. Um, I, I'm, you know, the reason why I have not been delivered from sarcasm is because I don't believe for it. But, but truthfully, it's you know what this is about. It's not about being overwhelmed. It's about cooperating. 
See, what we want God to do is we want him to grab us by the back of the neck and jerk us into stuff. But he, he really doesn't do that. Even for new birth, he did convict and he did call, but we still had to come. Is that not true? And we still had to humble ourselves and we had to call upon his name and we still had to believe and call him our Lord. That's it. There is always that which he does and then there's that which we do in harmony with. We don't do things to earn, but we do things to align. And when he moves, I cannot move apart from him and then get this and arrive at the same destination. So as he begins to move, what he's doing is bringing us along, and all we have to do is cooperate. If we do, we'll come to that point. And this is how it's going to happen tonight. If you've never prayed in tongues, in a moment we're going to come to the front. We're going to worship the king. We're going to magnify him because he's it. If you're waiting for me to zap you, that's not going to work. So I want to I want you to focus on him. And remember, it's all about him, everything. He's the savior. He's your healer. He's also your baptizer. And so zero in on him and just begin to love on him and connect with him. And at some point, if you'll do that and open your heart, you may even ask him, Lord, fill me with the Holy Ghost. When you do, here's what he's going to do. He's not going to levitate you off the floor. He's not going to throw you against the wall, but he will give you something to say. There will come to your heart, to your mind, a syllable, a sound, a word that you've never learned and you don't understand. The moment that comes, say it. Did you hear that? Just open your mouth and worship him with that. And you will find that you'll be right in harmony with what this gift is. And this will open up unto you uh, in, in great measures. Does that make sense to everybody? It's a, sure, it's a sure thing about the spirit-baptized life that you will pray in new tongues. That's the indication and the clear teaching of scripture. Here's another one that's a sure thing about the spirit-baptized life. And that is that you will have greater insight to God's plan. Now, look quickly at this. John 14, 26. I'll read also John 16, 13, and then verses 14 and 15. All right, I said that pretty quick, but, uh, but, the, but the recording got it. You can get that later. But in John 14, 26, I'm talking about one of the sure things of the Spirit-baptized life is that you will have greater insight to God's plan. Jesus said this. He was talking about the Holy Spirit, and he refers to him by calling him the Comforter. And he said to the believers there that the Comforter... When he comes, he's going to teach you everything that I have said. He's going to remind you of everything that I've been telling you. All right. Jesus actually, in context, made that statement because he was in a setting like happened a lot of times that he would be teaching his very own. Hey, can you imagine Jesus, Jesus teaching his very own? And it was going zip, right over their heads, right over their heads. I mean. There were lots of times that that took place, even concerning his death and his resurrection. He would speak of those things, and it was like it was like they were clueless. I mean, you you realize that when Jesus was crucified, the world knew that he said he was going to come out of the grave, and they're the ones that was upset by it and said, "We need to put a seal on the tomb. We have, need to have people watch it." When he came up out of his grave, the disciples were like, "Oh, oh, oh, oh. did you know that?" When he rose from the I mean, the ladies went there and said, good night, he's not there, he's risen, and the rest of the disciples are, what? And yet he said it to them over and over again. Now, that had to get frustrating. In fact, one time we find in Scripture that Jesus, his frustration, I don't know if you knew he got frustrated, but his frustration was actually recorded because at one place in the New Testament, he's teaching these guys, and it was just kind of like, uh, it was like going nowhere. And he looked at them, not the world, he, not, not, the, not the crowd, his own, and he said to them, and he said these words that I quoted out of the King James. He says, how long do I have to be with you, and how long do I have to put up with you? That's what he said. How long do I have to be with you? And how long do I have to put up with you? But here's where he comforted himself. That when the Holy Spirit would come, there wasn't one word that the master shared that would fall to the ground. That the Spirit of God would remind them of these very things. And not just remind them, but he would open the truth of them. He would actually instruct them and teach that. And you'll find that it was after the resurrection and the ascension of the Lord that these disciples would often turn on and say, boy, didn't he tell us this when we walked with him? Here's what I know is a sure thing about the spirit-baptized life. You're going to get greater insight to the plan of God. 
Now, it, it happens first when you get saved, because when you get saved, the author comes in you. I tell people that are newly saved, when they come to Christ, I say, read the scriptures. Now, you need to start digging in and reading. Your, get a Bible and read it. You're saved. Come on, read the word of God. And sometimes people say, you know, I tried reading the Bible. And that's just, I just, I can't understand it. It's too hard for me to get. And I say, well, look, 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 you've got to understand. Everything just changed. Because the author now dwells within. That's not, that's not in theory or metaphorically. That's the truth. And when you open this book now, it's going to look a whole lot different than it did 24 hours ago. Because when you open this book now, you're dealing with the very author within. And when you receive this gift of the Holy Ghost, your capacity to understand, it also goes to an extraordinary level. An extraordinary. John 16, 13, he said, the Spirit will guide you into all truth. He will show you the things to come. Verse 14 and 15 of John 16, he said that the Spirit will show you who Jesus actually is, what he has, how it relates to you. It all comes with an unfolding revelation. All right, let me give you the final thing. There's many more things than this, but this is all I'll talk about. The four sure things about the Spirit-baptized lives. Do you, have you got them now? Do you remember what they are, or do I have to re-preach them? You shall receive power. Come on, you shall speak with new tongues. You'll receive greater insight to God's plan. Here's the, here's the final one. You will have supernatural boldness. Supernatural boldness is one of the great results or effects of being filled with the Spirit and walking it out. If, if for no other, if you need any example at all, I show you just the change in the believers before they had received the gift of the Holy Ghost and after. And in fact, if we look at only one of them, just one of them, but it was true of all of them, just one of them, Peter himself, the difference in Peter prior to receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost and then after having received the gift of the Holy Ghost. Peter was one of the closest to the Lord. He's a name that everybody knows of the 12 disciples. We know some of them. We don't know, well, well, we should know all of them, but let's face it, most of us can't name them all, but everybody knows about Peter. Everybody knows about Peter because he was one of the prominent ones. He was a man that walked with Jesus, that ate with Jesus. Come on, he was one of only three that got to go into the room of a young lady that had died and see her raised from the dead. He's the only one that got to walk on water. He was one, he was one of those that carried the freshly multiplied loaves and fish. He was one that uh, that Jesus called for by name. After he had risen from the dead, when he told the ladies, he said, I want you to call, tell my disciples and Peter that I will meet them where I told them in Galilee. He was one that Jesus talked with and actually went for a walk with on the beach after he had risen from the dead when he appeared unto the disciples and they were fishing that day in that boat remember and they said he filled their nets and they came to shore and he had breakfast with them and then they peter and him went for a walk and do you love me more than these i mean this is peter this is who we're talking about and yet before the outpouring of the holy spirit when everything got tight we also remember peter for the one who multiplied times denied him now they all ran tell you the truth but Peter was kind of featured in that because he kind of hung around. But when he got cornered in, 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 a, in a dark courtyard by a young lady at the trial of our Lord, and she said, aren't you one of his? He said, not me. She said, again, I think you are one of his. And he said, absolutely not. And others came and said, no, no, no. We, we listen to your accent. We can tell you come from the same area. We really think you're one of his. And he cursed and swore. He said, I don't know who this guy is. Even after the resurrection, he's the one that speaks up and says, I'm going back to fishing and took off. But now the outpouring of the Holy Spirit takes place. And guess what happens? They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. But watch what we're talking about boldness. Watch what happens with this guy. He stands up to preach on the day of Pentecost. They're all filled with the Holy Ghost, but he stands up to preach when the city has been aroused by what has taken place. Thousands have come, and they're asking a question, what's going on? What, what, what's happening? What is this? It's 9 o'clock in the morning, and these guys are going berserk. 
They look like you're drunk. And what are they doing? They're praying in languages we know they've never learned. Everybody's got, wow, I mean, no one has, has got a handle on what's happening here. And Peter's the guy that stands up. And he said, uh, uh, folks, this is what's going on. This is what Joel prophesied. Then in the last days, God would pour out of his spirit upon all flesh. And then he, if you look at the message, he goes a little deeper now. Before he even talks about receiving the Holy Ghost. He says, is there something more fundamental you need to understand, though, before I tell you about how you can receive what you're seeing right here? And that is this. You need to understand that Messiah has come. It was Jesus of Nazareth. You crucified him. And God raised him from the dead. And he said, and I'm witness to that fact. Ooh, I listened to that message and I thought something happened to that guy. What in the world happened to the guy? Uh, just, just a little while ago, he was, he was afraid to tell a young lady in a dark courtyard that he even knew who was being tried that day. But now he stands up and he points his finger at that crowd and said, it was Jesus that was the Messiah and you rejected him. You crucified him. God raised him from the dead. And I stand here as an eyewitness to that truth. And I said, my God, something happened to him. And let me tell you what happened to him. Something happened to him that carrying freshly multiplied loaves and fish didn't do. Something happened to him that walking on the water didn't do. Are you listening? Something happened to him that listening to the Sermon on the Mount didn't do. Something happened to him that seeing a young lady raised from the dead hadn't done. Something happened to him that watching the leper cleanse right in front of his eyes hadn't done. Oh, wait just a minute. Something happened to him that talking face to face with the resurrected Christ had not done. Because before he kicked back to go back to fishing, he had already seen Jesus alive from the dead. What happened to him? Jesus knew what would happen. Jesus knew what would happen. That's why that, at the point of the ascension, he commanded people to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. He knew the transformation that would happen in a man's life on many levels, and one of them was boldness. Supernatural boldness is a product of living full of the Holy Ghost. The reason why I pray in the Spirit much, not I pray in the Spirit, I pray in the Spirit much. I'm not sure that I could say like Paul, I pray in tongues more than you all, but I think I could say, I'll bet I pray in tongues as much as you all. I pray in the Spirit a lot. Because I know that it changes my life. It opens enormous power. It brings forth tremendous insight. It is the spiritual intelligent language of the kingdom. It is indeed the source of boldness within me. Folks, we need to live full of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Would you stand with me? Now I'm going to do what my mentor taught me to do. He told me, Dale, whenever you preach the word, whatever you preach, you do. You don't preach on salvation and say to folks, well, now I hope you believe that. Maybe go home and think about it. And if it seems to fit for you, come back in a week or so and we'll see what we can do. He said, if you preach salvation, call people to the cross. He said, if you preach divine healing, then he said, don't just say, well, let's hope it's the will of God. Maybe someday you'll get healed. He said, you lay here on people and get them healed that night. He said, you preach on the Holy Ghost, you'll be fulfilled with the Holy Ghost. And that's the way I've lived. It's a very simple process. Very simple process. Whatever we preach, we do. And in fact, I feel like this, that whenever God drops a message into my heart for a service, that he's not giving me a religious oration so we have something to do when we're getting through singing. What the message of the night tells me is what he's doing. That's what this is about tonight. If you've never received the gift of the Holy Ghost, this is your night. It really is. This is a, in fact, this is a, this is a prime night to easily receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So a couple of things now as we're about to approach the altar for this. Here's what I'm going to suggest to you. If you want to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, mellow out. One of the ways you miss many of the gifts of God is you work yourself up and set yourself up. I'm going to try so hard to get it. Well, you probably won't. 
you just need to mellow out. When you got saved, you didn't work yourself up to it. Am I right? That's not how it happened. That's not how it happened. In fact, people that try that miss it. They really do. You won't work yourself up to it. You open your heart, you rest in him, it opens to you. Last night we saw a lot of people healed. You were here, you know what I'm talking about. In fact, it appeared to be that we had more than 50% of the congregation stood in this front with a testimony of what had happened. And there was no strain. You were here last night, you know that's true. No, no one busted a blood vessel trying to get a miracle. Didn't happen like that. In fact, most of them, in fact, everyone that I know of got healed out there. Every one of them got healed. Am I right? Are you here? Every one of them got healed at their seat. Most while I was actually doing the preaching, it just took place. Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is, remember that. If it's hard, it's not God. There's a little rule of thumb for you. If it's hard, it's not God. All right? His yoke is easy. His burden is light. That's, that's, how, that's how it functions. Receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit is also that way. So in a few moments, what we're going to do is we're going to come around this front and we're just going to worship the Lord. If you've not yet received the gift of the Holy Ghost, I just want you to focus on Jesus and just worship him. You say, well, I'm, I'm, I'm not one of those kind of guys. I don't know, you know how to do that. It's really not hard at all. If you've never done it or you're not exactly sure what you're supposed to do, here's what you want to do. Just think of something good that Jesus has done for you and tell him about it. Very plain, but did you hear that? Just think of something good. Look, if for nothing, if nothing else, if not, and I'm sure there is more than this, but if nothing else, y'all know you're saved. Now, I can spend the rest of eternity thanking him for that. I mean, I got more, but I don't need one more thing. I, I don't need one more thing. The fact that he's had patience with me, the fact that he had mercy on me, the fact that he came to me and cleansed me of that which I could not remove myself no matter how hard. I'm gonna, I can go the rest of my life. Just, just going on that one right there. All right? But just think of some wonderful things Jesus has done for you when you come here. And just talk to him about it. Just worship him in that way. Magnify him just like that. And if you'll do that, if you'll really, you know, you don't just get up here and like, like recite some religious praise God phrases, amen, hallelujah stuff. If you really begin to talk with him, something begins to happen between you two. Because he speaks to, he warms up, he, he'll open your heart. And, and when that begins to happen, and not before. When I, I don't know how it is when you pray, but I rarely, unless the, unless there's a, a, a stir in my spirit to do otherwise, I rarely go before God with requests. I go before God with thanksgiving and praise. Because you enter his gates with, yeah, not griping and whining. You enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with, that's how you get in. And after I get in, when I have entered that place, well, there is a cognizant sense of the presence of God. And I don't mean it's necessarily euphoric or out of the body, but when there is a cognizant sense that something's going on between me and him. And I take that moment to exalt him yet more. And then at some point, I'll make my request. But I rarely, if ever, will make a request before that. You start first. You enter in that way. Even Jesus taught to pray that way. How do you pray? Our Father, with art in heaven, I got a really big need. Not what he said. He said, Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, putting this interest first. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then he went from there. Then you finally, later on, you find your request in there. So when we come around this front, here's what I want you to do. Don't worry about tongues. Don't worry about getting that. Just love on Jesus. But at some point, at some point, as we're praying, one of two ways we'll do it. And we'll know when we're in that moment. It's not a biggie. At some point, when this begins to happen, here's what you want to do. I may just say, Come on, pray with me. Let's ask him to baptize us in the Holy Ghost because you get what you ask him for. Or, or other times I may just submit that may very well happen tonight. I'll just say this is it. You'll know. I'll know it. I'll know because when people really begin to worship, something begins to happen between us. And, and sometimes it even changes the room. It is corporate worship. It's general. And at that point, I, I may just say something like this. That's it. Right now receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. The Bible, that's what they did. He, they commanded them to receive the Holy Ghost. It doesn't mean they stood there like a drill sergeant and screamed in your face. But the command was an authoritative thing. This is it right now. Receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You say, well, well, what do I do then? Here's what, now listen, here's what I want you to do. Whenever I, if I say that, or if we pray, just ask them to get, a, to get the Holy Ghost. Either way, when we come to that point, 
here's what I want you to do. I want you to stop speaking in English. I don't want any more English, Spanish, or anything else you know. No, in other words, no known language. And the reason why I say that is because, now here, we're not theological right now. This is just practical. Here's the reason why. Are you ready for it? So give me chapter and verse. You won't need chapter and verse. This is not biblical. It's just reality and it's practical. Here's the deal. You can only talk one language at a time. Bible verse to know that. Unless you got more than one mouth in your head, you can only talk one language at a time. All right? So even if you knew French and English, you can't speak French and English simultaneously. You'd have to stop speaking in English to start speaking in French. You'd have to stop speaking in French to start speaking in English. That's just the way it goes. So let's just be sensible about this thing. Once you ask him for the gift of the Holy Ghost, since we know it's a communication gift, and he's going to open to you a new way to speak, he's going to give you something to say. Here's your best shot at it. Shut up. And then just listen in your heart. Don't even get weird. Just If you just quiet down for a minute, He'll come to your heart and your mind. A word, a syllable, a thought that you don't know and you don't understand. Now, don't doubt it when it happens. Don't think, ah, that's not it. I'm whipping this one up. No, the scripture says he would give utterance. Come on, believe him. When he moves, don't just, don't, when he moves, don't say, that's not it. That, if, if that's what the scripture says and that's what's going on, buy into it. Are you with me right now? And the minute that new thought comes, and for most of us, it'll come just like that. Just like that. If it doesn't, just mellow out. It'll come to you. But for most of us, the thought will come just like that. As soon as you say, Lord, give me this one, I say, come on, receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, and you'll pause it for a minute. There'll be, there'll be that, well, that's weird. That sound, that thought, that syllable, that word, that you don't know when it comes. Dude, that's it. Now, nothing else is going to happen until you do what they did. They spoke as the Spirit gave. Right, will, you, will you do that? Maybe what would help you right now is before we come up is to make this commitment to yourself. Make, make, look, if you've never prayed in tongues, make this commitment to yourself. If you've prayed in tongues, but it's been a long time and you don't know how to open up again, listen to me. This is what you do. Make this commitment to yourself. Are you ready for it? Here's the commitment. I think you can do this one. This is far. The moment he gives me something to say, I'll say it. Is that fair enough? Don't you say, if I'm praying with you, please don't try to say what I'm saying. That won't be it. That won't be it. It really won't. Some people actually tell, I've heard people, oh, good night, it embarrasses me. They say, say what I'm saying. Hey, if you say what I say, you got nothing, dude. He's going to give you something to say. I'm not. He will. Listen, you'll catch it. Trust me, you're built for it. You're born of the Spirit. He dwells within you. This is not, this is not a big stretch. Just make up your heart and mind, since it's about cooperation. It's not about being going into some trance or something. Since it's about cooperation, the moment he gives me something to say, I'll say it. Now, I say it that way. You say, hey, well, that's what I would do. No, no, wait. That's not what we normally do. Normally, when God moves on us, especially in ways that we're not accustomed to, but even, even after you've been accustomed to it, we still tend to do this. This is the normal response, that God moves on us and instead of cooperating, we analyze. No, wait, am I the only one that does that? Or, uh-huh, uh-huh. So you got a choice. Tonight you can do one of two things, and you will do one of two things. You're either going to analyze what comes to you when that thought comes, or you're going to cooperate with that thought that comes. And I'm going to suggest that you cooperate. That the moment it comes, instead of trying to figure it out, analyze it, where, what is this, where did it come from, well, I don't know if that is this really the real deal. Here, watch your Forget about the analyzing right now, because you'll hang yourself up there and you'll never go with it. Because this is not of the mind. It will come to your mind, but it is not from the mind. Therefore, the mind doesn't know how to handle it or process it. Don't worry about that. Just cooperate with it. Just open your mouth and worship. You'll find that, that it will flow with you. You say, well, what if I only get one word? Then work it. Really, well... Just work it. Don't, don't just say it and stop. Just just worship him again and again with whatever you got. It's not like you need 500 words for it to be legal. Whatever he gives, work it. And you'll find if you continue to live a life like that, it will expand. Everything expands. That's the way of the Lord. All right, shall we do it? All right, so we're going to do two lines. We're going to put them together, but I want to form them separately. Uh, one here and then one right behind. 
I will have two lines at the same time right in the front. Here's what I want. The first line I want for those who say, Dale, I've not yet prayed in tongues, but I'd like to. That's what I want. Would you come right now? Real quick, real quick, so it doesn't take forever. Never prayed in tongues yet, but you say, I haven't yet, but I'd like to. I'd like to. All right, just good. Just come just like that. Just like that. Stretch out shoulder to shoulder. That's good. Anyone else? Not prayed in tongues yet, and you'd like to. Good. Now, now for those of us that are in the room who say, Dale, I prayed in tongues, but I want the more. There is more. Do you know that? There's more in everything that God gives. Here, talking about the spirit-filled life, I spoke one aspect about tongues, and I told you three other things that are true. These things come forth as you take what God has given you, and you pour it out. If you take what God has given you, so I got that, what else is there? You won't go anywhere. You must take whatever you have and continually, perpetually pour it out. And the more you pour out, the more you enter into. So for those of you that say, got it, did it, then there, good. You want more? Would you come right behind me? Come right behind me. You already got the gift, got it, but come right behind me. Because we're going to get this all together. So don't come alongside of him, but come right behind him. All right? And there's room for everybody, so come on and up. Come on up. Let me just warn you, my breath mint is almost gone, but there is enough left for the next few minutes. Come quickly. Don't delay. You'll wish you hadn't. All right, come now. Come now. Beautiful. Praise God. And, and here's how we'll handle it. I've already described it, but I'm going to touch on it again. We're first going to start by worshiping Jesus. And I want you to worship him as you already know how. All right? So English, whatever. Just bless him. Honor him. And forget about anything else except just the good stuff he's already opened to you. That's enough to work with right there. But then at some point, at some point, when I either say pray with me or, or if I just say go ahead and receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, then I want no one in the room, no one in the room speaking in a language they know. You just stop talking. But don't stop talking forever. Listen in your heart. The first thought you get, say it. Will you do it? Will you really do it? Right out loud. Will you do it? You don't have to scream it, but will you say it? Good, good. Will you do it? You've got faith to get this night, dear. I can see it on you right now. You too, Hugh. There's an anointing that's clear with you. Amen. You're already entering in. There's power on you right now. Let's come on. Let's begin to worship the Lord. Worship the Boys, you can get this. You can get this. I pray with many children that are above the age of three that receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Let's worship the King. Magnify Him. Bless Him. Don't be in a rush now. Come on. Worship the King. Jesus, we honor you. We bless your name. For you're worthy, glorious, oh God. Come on, in your own words. Don't let someone else praise him. You praise him. Thank you for your mercy and thank you for your grace. Thank you for your compassion, oh God. Oh Lord, thank you for cleansing me of my iniquity. Breaking the power of sin. Doing that which I could not do, you did. And I am eternally grateful. Grateful for the blood. Grateful for heaven's touch. Jesus, you've done more, but if there was no more than just that alone, I would spend all of eternity thanking you for it. Thank you for the place of mercy. And thank you for the place of power. Thank you for the place of full salvation. Oh, I worship your name. Worship your name. Oh, I worship your name. Come on, we're getting close. I can sense it. I can sense it. We're not there yet, but we're real close. Worship him right out loud. Bless him. Verbalize it. Don't think your praise. Speak your praise. We're going to speak in a new language in a minute. We might as well start talking in the one we got. We won't talk in the one we got. We're surely never going to talk in the one he gives. Bless him with what you have right now. You're the best, Lord. You're the best, Lord. You're the best, Lord. You're our God. You're our hope. You're our full salvation. You're the one of great mercy. Oh, how I will praise you. Oh, how I will praise you. Oh, how I will praise you. Oh, I can feel the well starting right now. Oh, I worship you, King of Kings. I worship you, Lord of Lords. It is, it's beginning to rise right now. I can feel it within my spirit. Jesus, Jesus, this is the moment. Oh, God, 
Your presence is here right now. It's here right now. It's here right now. I think we're there. I think we're there. I think all we need to do is act on it. Act on it right now. Listen to me. Receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. No more English at all. No more. Not one word. Not one word. Now receive the gift of the Holy Ghost right now. In Jesus' name. Whatever you got, say it, dear. Chahapolka. There you go. Say it again. That simple song. That, that. Chahorabikiti. Mele. There you go. Mele. There you go. Asoto. Yeah, that's your deal right there. Come on. Come on. In Jesus' name. Be filled with the Holy Ghost. You're right there. Good, 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 good. Now, don't doubt that. That's real. Bola Tito. Bola Tito. Bola Tito. Be filled with the Holy Ghost. Shahi. Shahi. Amen. You're doing really good. You're doing really good. I need some ladies that know how to pray. Come up here and help us pray with these right now. You're in. The power of God is on you. Don't doubt the spirit. Jehe, Jehe, Jehe. It's just that simple. Good. Say it again. Paki, what you got? Good, good. That's it. Use your lips and your tongue and praise them that way. Bola Atai, Bola Atai. Bola Atai. Let's go for it. Come on. Guys, come up. Let's do it. Eya Shatopa. Eya Shatopa. You got power on you now. In Jesus' name. Tonomasoto. Tolomasoto. That's powerful. That's a real deal right there. Rakandelekpite. Nehese. Good. Do it again. Right out loud. Bless it. Just like that. Urahateka. Urahateka. Be filled with the Holy Ghost. Jela. Jela. It's simple. It's right there. You got a thought you don't know? Say it. He gives you utterance. Now be filled in Jesus' name. Whoa. Whoa.
Praise you. New words. New words. Words of praise. The glory of God. The glory of God. Beautiful. Oh, Lord, my God. Oh Lord my God. Oh Lord my God. Oh how I worship you. Oh Lord my God. Oh Lord my God. Oh Lord my God. Okay. You see she 
Now let me talk to you for a minute. Let me share with you a couple of spiritual realities. Any and every time God has done something in us, we need to lock it in. Because I'll, and I'm going to explain why. You may have a bona fide spiritual moment, but if you don't lock that moment in, you'll talk yourself out of it. Or the enemy of your soul will talk you out of it. There's not a person that's been saved that hasn't had a moment in their life come along that has challenged them on the validity of their new birth. Am I the only guy in the house that's ever doubted they were saved? Did you have that? Huh? We, every one of us. And it happens early on too. devil doesn't wait six months into it to come along and say, I don't think you got it. It'll often happen right away or that very day. If you don't lock it in, you'll second guess what you got and you'll say, well, I need to get it still. And you'll... And there's nothing left to get because you already got it. So then you'll spend the rest of your life trying to find something that's already come. So whenever God gives us something, you need to identify it. You just simply say, Lord, that's mine. Thank you. you did save me. Thank you for saving me. You healed me like we did last night. Yep, you did that. I, I, I embrace it. And the same thing with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Even if you got only one word, just one syllable, you're in the door. You're in the door. Lock it in. If you don't lock it in, you'll talk yourself out of it. That's just what we do to ourselves, all right? So it's essential that you do that. The other thing that I want you to understand is what you got you need to build on. Because there's nothing that you're ever going to get from God that comes complete. Everything that God gives comes as a seed. And even, even when you get something, you think like, dude, this is out of this world. This is like so wild. Well, it is, but I'm going to tell you what, even in a moment like that, there's more to it than what you know. And if you get something, you think, well, that was nice, but I'm not sure that was much. That's because you don't know how much you got. Did you understand? It comes both ways. Sometimes we think we got a lot. Sometimes we don't think we got much at all. But here's the truth. Whatever you got, there's more to it. But you've got to embrace what you have in order to go there. And then you have to practice what you've got for it to go there. So you take what you got instead of saying, well, that wasn't much. Whatever you got, work with. And if you think you got a lot, take that and yet work with that. Because trust me, there's more to it, but they'll go. it will go nowhere if this was the night and this was the end. So whatever you got, practice it. I'm going to say, you get a new word tonight? Who got a new word tonight? Who got a new word tonight? Sure you did. I, know, I was there. Good. Yeah, I was there. Yeah. You got a new word tonight? That was wonderful. I heard you. I know you did. All right. Did you get a new word tonight? Good. Praise God. Wonderful. Praise God. All right. You too. Did you get a new word tonight? Did it open up to you? All right. Great. Then take whatever you got and pour it out on them. Now, don't wait for another service like this to do it. You say, well, when will I do it? Well, I'll tell you what we'll do. Before we leave tonight, we'll do it one more time. Right? Cold turkey. We'll get them. Because here's the deal. What you've got is always there. Please understand, it doesn't go away. It's always there. Always there. Because, you see, the Spirit indwells you. He doesn't indwell you on the weekend. He's always there. In our best times, He's right there. And in our worst times, He's right there. He's always there. So the idea, well, I, got, I had it, but I lost it, that's absurd. That's, that's an untruth. That's a deception. There is, you, you, you do not lose what you have. It's there. Just apply it. So we'll do it here in just a moment. We're going to go ahead because you don't have to feel a certain way. You don't have to be pumped in a certain fashion for it to work. It just always will work. And then I'm going to suggest to you, before you go to sleep tonight, you don't have to do this, but if you want to take it to the next level, before you go to sleep tonight, just say goodnight to Jesus in your new language. Again, you don't have to go 20 minutes out of it, but just learn to speak often in the Spirit. When you wake up in the morning, before you put the toothbrush in, say good morning to Jesus in your new language. Just take that word, whatever he's given you, and love him with it. But keep your heart open because there is more. All right? You may have gotten a fluent language tonight or you may have just gotten a word or two. Either way, whatever you got, pour out for more will come. All right? So before we get out of the room, I know there's several of us that already spoke, some for the first time. So why don't we all do it again? Because the gift of God is there that we may bless him and praise him. Shall we do it? Come on. Why don't you do this? 
reach your hands right out to him and speak to him right now with me. Reach right out and speak to him with me. Sisi pokashakopakati. Andipata. 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 Come on. That's it. Embrace what you got now and love him with it. Aribiko. Speak it right now. Are you out to him in Jesus' name? Bikondo, 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 ka, re, re, oshe, e, ah. Oh, I love it. Come on. Basu, sito, po. Mehelo, mehelo, ah, mehelo, ah. See that? You've got it. In Jesus' name, work it. Praise him with it. Magnify him with it. Meshele, 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 meshele. Horasakomatika. Hey. Eh, suko bonala makacha. Pola lita, pola lita, pola lita, pola lita ose. Nirukumonka. Shehi apatai. This is awesome. Do you realize we're looking at at least seven that prayed in tongues for the first time tonight? At least seven that prayed in tongues for the first time tonight. What a fabulous Monday night. Man, what a fabulous Monday night. Praise God. Amen. 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 Wonderful. Well, the more you use the gift of God, the more benefit you get from it. But I'll tell you something else. The more you'll appreciate what you've got. 